Please be seated. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, in a world that is filled with beauty, we're reminded also that the beauty that comes from you is very delicate, and sometimes we get hurt. And yet, you ask us to stand out for your name's sake. We need your strength to do that, Lord. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or inspire us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Good morning. Well, I'm done with my latest birthday. Done. And we had a great time, although writing out all those thank yous for all the birthday messages that come in on Facebook, that, that takes a while. I'm grateful to be alive, though. I'm grateful to be your pastor at a time when the United Methodist Church is beginning to become a more powerful Christian movement for a changing world. Methodism is always about change. About being not just the person who God has touched with grace, but the person who God invites to grow in grace. Maybe our changes will seem humble to ourselves or to other people, but the God who wants us to be on the vine of Jesus invites us to be ready to have a vital, growing faith. Amen? And, and, and if we're going to grow in God's grace, we're going to stick out a little bit more from God's mind than we did before. Or at least stick out in better ways than we had before. There are any number of bad ways to stick out, and, and things like Facebook, I notice, make it easy for us to stick out in foolish ways sometimes too, right? But to stick out in a godly way, a way that all of a sudden sets us apart from how people live their lives is not always what we're looking for in our lives. Most of us are plenty glad just to blend in and not get noticed. When I was in third grade, I stuck out in a way that kept on getting the attention of my teacher. When my teacher would write things on the blackboard, I would jump out of my seat into the front of the classroom. And my teacher thought I must have a mental problem of some sort. So she had me take an intelligence test. And it turns out that I was plenty smart and that the real problem is that I needed an eye examination. I couldn't read the teacher's writing on the blackboard clearly and I, I didn't want to bother with eyeglasses. So, whether I liked it or not, I got my first pair of glasses soon after and then I didn't stick out in her classroom at least because of my eyesight. Sometimes, though, I do stick out in other ways. Being a candidate for ordained ministries at my age means sticking out in ways that aren't always comfortable. When people see an old guy going through this process, like my third grade teacher, they make assumptions about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Without really understanding who I am, or how I am. And I've had to adjust to people needing time and experience to understand exactly who I am and what I'm all about. 
And sometimes this is true of people who have known me for the longest. Sometimes they have the hardest time understanding this. You see, when God touches your life, really touches who you are and how you are, you're not going to be the same. At times, you'll stick out like a sore thumb. It's not that you go out of your way to surprise people or irritate them or that you lose your mind. No. Faith makes us more who God wants us to be. And sometimes, that change in our hearts and our lives, a change that makes us more like God's image of who we're meant to be, challenges what the world doesn't want changed in their own lives. Jesus found this out in a very painful way. Here he was, the Son of God, healing people, teaching people all around the Sea of Galilee, teaching thousands of people at a time so many that he had to stand in a boat to be heard above the huge crowds that came to see and hear Jesus by the lake. Lives were changing. Hearts were being touched by God like never before. You think that his hometown would be proud of him and embrace him as a local hero who inspired them to lives of deeper, deeper faith, right? Wrong. We hear in Mark's Gospel today that Jesus was definitely not a hit in his hometown of Nazareth. He went to the local synagogue to pray with his neighbors and to teach them about the Word of God and in the Hebrew Scriptures. And you'd think that his neighbors would be excited. You'd think they'd be so glad that one of their homeboys had become so wise and filled with God. But they weren't. They didn't think that one of their own could do such a thing, much less a carpenter like Jesus, who everyone knew wasn't really Joseph's son. Nobody in their town had ever sounded or acted like Jesus, ever before, much less someone who, well, who they really didn't respect because of who he was and, and how he was. Our translation today on this passage says that the people in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth were repulsed by Jesus and fell into sin. That's a very interesting way to put it, isn't it? The original Greek word used here is scandalizo, which is the root of our English word scandalize. In other words, the people of Nazareth were afraid of Jesus and so repulsed at the idea of what he could do as a person they had looked down on, that they went on the offense to taunt him and to attack Jesus for who he was and how he was, hurting someone just because they made themselves look bad by looking and acting the way that God wanted people to act. This really was simple. The, the translation, yes, that's right, amen? The, the response from Jesus to his village for making a scandal of his good works and his good words was simple. He went elsewhere. He could not overcome the fear of the people in his village. Fear of what God wants in us keeps God from being able to do everything that God can do in us. 
Jesus went teaching and healing elsewhere. His village stayed the same, I guess. Like some churches stayed the same. But the world changed. And as Jesus experienced success with bringing God's healing and hope to the world, regardless of what his village thought of him, Jesus was then ready to send out his disciples to do the same. We see in Mark what Jesus asked them to do. They weren't supposed to do a lot of fancy things or even take extra clothes. They were to visit a new place just as who they were and how they were, as the lowliest of people, like Jesus. And they were to stay there and let people know that they too could change their hearts and their lives. They too could stand out like a sore thumb, no longer interested in pointing fingers at others to avoid looking at themselves. They too could desire with all of their hearts find healing and hope and real vital change in their lives and in God's world through faith in a God who doesn't care about scandals. Because to make loving God a scandal is the greatest scandal of all. To be ashamed of loving God is to be ashamed of who and what God wants us to be. And Jesus and his disciples were sick and tired of being sick and tired of people who didn't want to love God. They were going to help people to feel and live in God's love no matter how much they stop at. Sticking out as a person of faith is not always fun. In a world that wants us to blend in, to be just another consumer, another employee, another student, another parent, another grandparent, to be a person of faith is to risk sticking out like a sore thumb sometimes, folks. We'll take it on the chin sometimes. We're simply wanting to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and all of our strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We'll feel the pain of having something so good, so real, so healing in our lives that others want to scandalize God's goodness in any way they can to avoid having to look at their own lives. And as we see in today's reading from 2 Corinthians, God is not necessarily going to take away the pain of sticking out like a sore thumb either. The Apostle Paul had experienced Jesus as God as no one had ever done before. And he was ridiculed for it. He had to bear great, bear great pain because of it. Risking a relationship with the living God can't take away the pain that comes sometimes from loving God in the world and ourselves as God loves us. That's just not possible in a world where God, God suffered and died on a cross for us. Because God knows from personal experience that the part of us that hurts is the part of us that loves. To be someone who has life-saving love is to be someone who is vulnerable, someone who needs to rely on God's grace for the strength to be everything that God wants us to be but to be a person who can't imagine such love, much less live in it, is to miss out on what life really is. 
to stick out like a sore thumb can hurt, sometimes. You can't avoid the pain of being a person able to have a true life with true love. We can't avoid the pain, but the suffering is optional. We can have the feelings of pain that come from being rejected by people who want to make a scandal out of the truth of the love of God, but those feelings don't have to own us or define us. Through God's Holy Spirit, we can be at peace with ourselves and the world in a world at war with the love of God and Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid. Put aside those feelings that keep you from accepting God's love in Christ. Don't be afraid of being willing to be willing to love God as a first step towards a life that can help you and God's world to live in a better place. Don't be afraid to join with other disciples of Christ who need to walk this walk of love with you together. And don't be afraid to let your role in this church stick out the way that Jesus wants us all to stick out. Be a sore thumb. It's worth it. For Jesus' sake, always. It's time now for the prayers of the people who lift up our joys and concerns, our pains and our sufferings, as well as our feelings and our hopes. As always, I invite you to bring your bulletin home and look at who's listed there. Pray for these people, and you will be healed as you're praying for their healing. This week, we are praying for the rescuers and the 12 boys in the, of the Thai soccer team in Thailand. And it sounds like they have a plan. Yes, I hope. To God be the glory. Yes, I, I heard that on the news. They were preparing to do two. To God be the glory that two are out. Let's pray that they get the rest, and let's pray that no more of their, the seal divers die. What a, what, what a thing. We pray for Frantem, who suffered a stroke. We pray for Ruth Manu, um, who is elderly and struggling. And I pray for all of our elderly parents in this congregation who we take care of. Uh, we pray for Janice, who is back in the hospital. We pray for Kevin Collins, who is retiring after 25 years in the United States Coast Guard. And we thank Kevin for his service and for safely and successfully completing his career of duty. That's a joy. And we also pray for our community to make sure that we're in touch constantly with people like us who are right outside these doors who ventured in to offer their hopes to us. This one is from Sheila Brady, praying for herself and Darlene Frenchard. When we hold our friends and even ourselves in prayer, we're offering ourselves up to the loving God. What's the best for us? Let's pray. Loving God, on this beautiful summer morning, we thank you for the gift of life. Even when it's a struggle sometimes, Lord, we know that your strength is with us, 
We see your strength in your creation. We see your strength in your love that comes to us in Jesus. You see your strength in your Holy Spirit that unites us with these people in prayer. We have prayers in our own hearts, O Lord. Prayers that sometimes we don't even know how to put into words. Prayers for ourselves, for our families, for our friends, and for a world that seems so confused at times. We know you're listening. And we know how good it is for us to speak to you about our concerns and to thank you for the things that have happened joyously in our lives. Help us to keep the conversation going. Keep these people in our prayers and in the world's prayers. As we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What an awesome day to say thank you to a loving God for everything that God's given us. And so at this time, we present our tithes and offerings that this church in this place at this time will continue to lift up God's work in healing and healing.
strength. Lift up God's countenance upon us and grant us God's people peace now and forever. And may the people of God say, Amen! Amen.